Hello there. Welcome back to West Plays Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon, and today we're wrapping up our talk with Eleni about her experience of playgrounds with children on the autism spectrum. Hi again, Eleni. So Hello last there. So last time we talked about what a dream playground might look like, including some things like fencing, sensory-rich features, and spacing between playground elements or toys. Today I want to talk about two final topics, which are safety surfacing and finding gross motor skills. Absolutely. So let's start with surfacing. You mentioned earlier, like, maybe the kids will play with the surfacing, whether it's like fiber or looks like mulch. So the three most common surfacings that I've seen for playgrounds are pea gravel, which I think is mostly a little bit old fashioned, is now mostly being replaced by either uh, rubber tiles that are just flat and level with the ground or engineered wood fiber, EWF, which I think is what we think of as mulch. Looks like mulch. It's a little more engineered than that. But do you have any thoughts on what kind of surfacing it would be the safest or the best for these groups? I think a, a common behavior within the realm of challenging behaviors for kids on the spectrum, mouthing is huge. And so if I think of EWF and mulch, it makes me nervous. I mean, because they're sensory rich, let me touch this and let me just see how it tastes. So that kind of makes oh, me a little nervous. Just the fact that they're able to kind of grip it and it's accessible to them, right? Oh yeah. Sometimes they're not able to, is it something that's edible or is it not? And so I don't know how I feel about that um, because okay. of the previously mentioned point. I think the rubber that you mentioned. Rubber tiles. Rubber tiles. I think that makes me feel better because of the safety aspect. If you think about the skills that we were talking about, that sometimes yeah. they have weak balance. And so I think the rubber tiles would be great for safety, okay. for grip. Uh, I think not so much for the sensory aspect of it, but more so that they're able to transport themselves from yeah. one area to the other without falling or tripping. Okay. Um, yeah, that so makes that, a lot I of think, sense. Yeah, I think that would be great. Um, yeah. I know you mentioned one other option. Oh, pea gravel or just gravel. That's what was in a lot of playgrounds that I grew up playing in, was either gravel or mulch. Right. Uh, usually gravel, I think. Like it was cheaper maybe for schools. I think that's right. mostly on the way out. I haven't seen too many playgrounds putting those in. Mm-hmm. But I've okay. seen it being removed. Well, I definitely. Quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, I think anything. I mean, it seems like that kind of falls within the realm of mulch, where you can kind of pick it up and touch it. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about that. I think that'll definitely maintain them intrigued, but I don't <laughs> think it'll be the good type of intrigue. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotcha. If that yeah. makes sense. So I think if it's mm-hmm. something that kind of like rubber tiles, like you mentioned, that kind of doesn't, at least at initial eyes view, doesn't seem as something that they can pick up and just kind of tear apart or put in their mouth. Yeah. Um, that would definitely be the safer option. Right, um, yeah. And as much as we do want to involve sensory exploration, <laughs> maybe not necessarily with the things that we walk on. Exactly. <laughs> All right, yeah. Okay. And then the last question that I thought of is just kind of going back to the fine and gross motor skills. Can you think of any examples of playground equipment that would help with their gross motor skills? So gross motor skills refer to skills that we don't require specific movements in our fingers to do. So for example, and I think you might understand after I give this example, fine motor skills is everything that we do that requires us to really kind of zone in on like what precision. we're doing. Precision, exactly, yeah. you said it yourself. So it's, I guess this is a way of putting it as kind of gross motor skills involve larger muscle movements and, and fine motor sure. skills involve smaller muscle movements. So grasping the manipulation of objects. Okay, so like touching a button on the panel would be a fine motor skill. Running across the playground would be a gross motor skill. 
correct because you would think that something as simple as a button is gross motor skill but it's not so much testing the button it's learning how to point it's this mm -hmm. right because you're holding up one finger this, and which finger and, and you'll see all sorts of things besides this yeah right? and, and since so we're going to be audio that's holding up one finger and closing the rest of your hand Correct. Versus yes. three so fingers pointing. versus Spock versus exactly. the ring finger. Yeah, versus right. like so which finger? Pointing. Okay. Right. How, how do you point? You hold the rest of your fingers with your thumb, right? Mm -hmm. And you lift your index finger. And so this is probably the most difficult aspect of the pointing. But then it's also maintaining this grip of a point mm -hmm. and then finding the middle of the button as you're holding your grip to press the button. Yeah. And so that is fine motor. And then as you mentioned, running across the playground, probably more mm -hmm. of a gross motor skill, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's something kind like of, sliding probably a gross motor skill because you got to push your whole weight down over the edge of the slide to get started correct exactly that's something that i'm thinking of now you don't really think of puzzles uh to be related with ice cream, but if you were to find a way to kind of incorporate a puzzle yeah right and, and the pieces would kind of just be attached in some way you have two benefits there the functional toy play because you're teaching them what a puzzle does and how to play appropriately with it. Because a child with autism who has never seen a puzzle before will think that it goes in the mouth or will think that the puzzle is to to hide in the mulch, for example. Oh, right? interesting. They don't understand the functional yeah. piece isn't there, right? And so okay. you have the functional toy play that you're teaching them and you're teaching them the fine motor skill of picking up the piece and placing it ever so gently yeah. in the puzzle. And so there's so many benefits to sure, activities yeah. that can incorporate fine and gross motor skills. Okay. Very cool. I think that is actually finally all my questions. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to finish up with? I mean, I would love to thank Westlay for even having the initiative and the willingness to want to do something like this, right? I know that each and every one of the things that I mentioned might not be doable, but I think if we have great members of community such as you and I who are trying so hard to make a vulnerable community such as children on the spectrum be a part of something larger, then I think even if we just take baby steps, it eventually will make a world of a difference. And I think that's thanks to Westplay. So thank you for allowing me to be a part of this podcast and yeah. for, for trying so hard to, to make those subtle changes that will ultimately yeah. make a world of a change. For well, thank you for your insight. I feel like I've gotten a good new perspective through your eyes that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Absolutely. So I think that's it. I think we're ready to say goodbye and finish the series. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. you coming on. Thank you for having me and best of luck in your future endeavors and projects towards inclusivity and accessibility. And to the listeners, thank you so much to everyone who's stuck with us through this series with Eleni. Be on the lookout for a bonus episode coming soon, where I'll summarize what I've learned from talking with Eleni and some other resources about this topic. For our next series, we'll be talking to Bryden Rowe, the founder and CEO of Shade Sales Canada, about why playgrounds or other outdoor spaces might need shade structures and what kinds of options are available for that. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, I'd love to hear them. As always, you can email me at shannon at westplay.ca. If you're interested in making your playgrounds more accessible or inclusive, or if you're just curious about what kinds of inclusive and accessibility features we can offer, please reach out to operations at westplay.ca or call 604-424-4168. Background music is from silvermansound.com. What a wonderful day by Shane Ivers.